Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A legend and one of the best to ever play the game gone too soon. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. Plus 40 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. What an absolutely terrible, horrible day in the history of NBA basketball. Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, has died unexpectedly in a helicopter crash at the age of 41, along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Seven other people perishing in that crash as well. There's actually a huge local connection to some of the victims. Uh, Former Duck baseball player and Portland Pickles manager J.J. Altabelli lost his father, John, on that flight as well. It was a helicopter crash once again. Uh, his father, John, stepmom, Carrie, sister, Alyssa, all on that helicopter. His father was the coach at Orange Coast College. So it's just a must that I start out saying all my prayers and condolences are with their families. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode four of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. It's definitely a somber one. Uh, Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions about Rip City you want answered on the show, or if you have any thoughts about Kobe, you want to let me know, hit me up on Twitter, on the Air Jordan with an O. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. So this week, one of the first things that comes to mind regarding this horrible news that everyone should be thinking of and praying for the rest of the Bryant family, as well as all the family members of the people lost on board that helicopter crash. This was obviously tragic and unexpected, and I think a lot of sports fans and people in general, Kobe really transcended sports. I just don't think people know what to feel after hearing this news. I didn't want to believe it. I saw the initial reports coming from TMZ, then the Daily Mail, then the New York Post. Uh, Those kind of more tabloidy, I'm not trying to rag on them, but they really are more tabloidy like uh, news organizations. So I was waiting. I told my fiance I was not going to believe that the news was true until ESPN said it. Then ESPN sending out a tweet, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's basketball insider, just confirming that news wasn't long before eventually everybody had to come to grips with the fact that the news was true. We've lost Kobe Bryant. Just hearing that the NBA world is mourning the loss of Kobe, just hearing people saying that doesn't seem real to me. It's like a dream. The feeling I'm having right now is very similar uh, to when Robin Williams passed away. Totally different occupation, but someone that also transcended what they did as a job, a a larger-than-life figure, if you will. Kobe did have a complicated legacy, though. He was accused of rape back in 2003 in Colorado by a hotel employee there. The charges were later dropped, a civil suit that was eventually settled out of court as well. Uh, That is always going to be associated with him, though he did eventually move beyond that to become a positive influence around the world. 
and actually really uh, later in his life and towards the end of his life was a huge presence in the world of women's basketball. And one of the reasons uh, outside of the talent, uh, just really getting that onto the map here in America. So we're going to talk more about the loss of Kobe Bryant in an extended edition of this week in Blazers history. I think a lot of Blazers fans, uh, Kobe Bryant lives strong in your memories like he does mine. So we're going to relive some of those moments. But first, let's get to the latest happenings in Rip City. And I'm sorry, I know I sound kind of somber. This just, it kind of sucks trying to do a podcast this week. You know, all these updates that I've got for the Blazers, they're actually pretty good news, but it's really hard to be in a good mood after such a tragic loss in just a shocking and surprising way that we all heard that Kobe Bryant had passed away. Anyways, uh, for the Blazers, some very good news injury-wise for Rip City. Yusuf Nurkic uh, back at practice this week. This is huge since Hassan Whiteside, really the only true big man that's healthy for Portland right now. Uh, Reports have been out there for a bit that we should expect him back just after the All-Star break, which is now around a month away. And encouraging reports from the Oregonian this week said he participated fully in both four-on-four and five-on-five half-court drills with the team. And even during those sessions, threw down a dunk. So he's starting at least to get his feet back under him. Maybe not 100% as of yet, but he is getting ever so close to that point. It's been a terribly long process since that gruesome injury. I mean, literally, if you forgot, I'm not going to tell you to go watch it on YouTube because I don't want to, but Yusuf Nurkic literally breaking his leg in half, both bones in half last March and working his way back now. Hopefully he can be a much-needed shot in the arm for the Portland Trailblazers. I am tired of waiting to see him play, so let's hope he can get back sooner rather than later. Another injury news, C.J. McCollum back in the lineup. He missed three games with a sprained ankle. Not much to worry about. He looked like his normal self against the Pacers, scored 26, hit some sweet threes, got like 35, 38 minutes of playing time. He is one of the best players in the NBA at creating space for a shot. And if you think I'm crazy, I don't think you're actually seeing the look on opponents' faces after he hits those step-back shots on a regular basis. They know C.J. has some freaky good talent. And speaking of freaky talent, Damian Lillard had the best week of his career. Dame Dollars setting franchise records in points, 61 points total, and threes, 11 of them, against the Golden State Warriors on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He actually followed that up with a 47-point performance against Dallas, then again against the Indiana Pacers going for 50. Check this out. Lillard is now the only player in Blazers history to score 50 points three times in one season. It's pretty awesome to see him bawling his ass off, but I hope Neil O'Shea is watching this and doing everything he can to avoid letting it go to waste. This is important, Dame, in his prime for another two, maybe three more seasons. So the time is now for Rip City. He can't tank for a better draft pick. He can't wait on any particular free agents. We are so lucky getting to watch Damian Lillard greatness here in Portland right now. I mean, I've got a little bit of a jaded view. I watched Ichiro and Felix Hernandez waste their entire careers with the Seattle Mariners without even sniffing the playoffs. And obviously, Dame has already gone farther than that. But my point is, I think Damian Lillard is talented enough to win a championship. Now that the Golden State Warriors aren't 
really the king on top of the league anymore. You know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis in Los Angeles, they aren't really that huge evil figure that's winning every single game out there like the Warriors before. They can be unseated, and the time for Dame and the Blazers to do that is now. They really aren't that bad. I mentioned it on Believe in Trailblazers episode three. They're at the same point this season that they were when they acquired Yusuf Nurkic, able to sneak into the playoffs with the eighth spot. They're only a game and a half out of the eighth spot still. I don't think you should give up. I know that you're in no man's land if you get the eighth spot in the playoffs or you're one spot out of the playoffs and end up just getting a maybe 18, 19, 20 number draft pick. And that doesn't help your team move forward. But Dame is in his prime and it is up to Neil O'Shea to help him get over the hump. And it's also up to the rest of the team. So let's see if, while Dame is doing what he does, the rest of the team and Neil O'Shea and everyone else in the Trailblazers organization can step up and get them over the hump for a title. Probably not this year, but I am telling you, the Blazers have a two- or three-year window that they need to take advantage of. And speaking of talent around Damian Lillard, uh, the Blazers might be making some headway in that department. New acquisition Trevor Ariza looking absolutely fantastic against the Dallas Mavericks. He scored 21 points, hit a bunch of threes as well. Chiseling his way, Ariza kicks it out to Trent. Who had 30 the other night. Ariza, three, two. It's nice to see him paying some immediate dividends on that Kent Bazemore trade. Hopefully he can continue that going forward. On top of his play on the court, Ariza really seems like a smart guy, and he believed that the Blazers were a good team before he actually joined them. Take a listen to what he had to say to the media when asked why Portland has been struggling at his first practice as a Blazer. Outside in, honestly, it's just I can't figure out why they're struggling or when I was on the other team, couldn't figure out why the struggle was so big, but um, when you really dig in and look, you just have a lot of players hurt. Smart words and a pretty accurate assessment of the Portland Trailblazers from Trevor Ariza. Looks like he's going to be the starter for the rest of the season at small forward. I mentioned in episode three of Believe in Trailblazers that he is going to have a chance to win over Terry Stotts during his time here. Historically, Ariza's been better as a starter so hopefully he can get into more of a rhythm than he was in in Sacramento probably one of the reasons he was scoring only six points a game is because he was coming off the bench for the first time in his career so if he is able to get into that rhythm the Blazers chances of getting into the playoffs go way up Basemore was not giving them anything close to the potential of what Trevor Ariza could All right, basketball fans let's switch gears and talk about the subject of this week in Blazers history the late Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant dead at the age of 41. He was killed in a helicopter crash Sunday morning outside Los Angeles along with his 13-year-old daughter Gianna. This happened less than 24 hours after LeBron James passed him for third all-time in scoring in NBA history. Uh, The news first reported Sunday by TMZ. Reports say that he and his daughter were on their way to a basketball game uh, to Mamba Academy, where Gianna was going to play that game. They're survived by their mom and wife, Vanessa, and three other daughters, Bianca, Natalia, and Capri. Just terrible. I'm so sad, and it's just really hard to talk about this. As a fan of Rip City, the first thing that comes to my mind regarding Kobe is the Blazers and the Lakers' bitter rivalry. 
That was instigated in part by Kobe's antics and key moments against Rip City. He literally used, him and Shaq used the Portland Trailblazers as the jumping off point to start that three-peat from 1999 to 2002. So I thought it would be fitting to relive some of those moments as well as just reflect on the career of one of the best to ever pick up a basketball. Uh, reactions to Kobe's shocking death coming throughout the sports world. A ton of athletes and broadcasters the day of said they just didn't know how they were going to go to work and do their job at playing or calling a game after hearing the news. Uh, LeBron James was seen exiting the Lakers plane in tears. They actually reportedly found out about Kobe's death on their flight back from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. Duck star and the probable top pick in the upcoming WNBA draft, Sabrina Unescu, was crying before the Civil War. She had a close relationship uh, with Kobe Bryant. Kobe, uh, if people really didn't know this after he retired, Kobe was so good at making himself available, taking time to just go out with his daughter Gianna to show her the best young talent out there and to go educate those players as well. His daughter Gianna absolutely loved watching Sabrina Unescu play. And Kobe was able to form a relationship with her because of that. Kobe made himself available as a mentor for her and a ton of others and spent a lot of time with Sabrina Unescu over the past couple of years. He did that for so many others in the NBA and in college as well, even down to the high school level. Uh, one player that you're seeing in the news, Trey Young, uh, for the Atlanta Hawks, tributing the number eight jersey uh, on Sunday, wearing that in respect of Kobe Bryant. Uh, Gianna said that Trey Hung was his, her favorite player to watch in the NBA. So Kobe taking Trey under his wing and just really making an effect across all ages, all sexes, and not just in basketball, but all over the world. Uh, reactions coming in like from former coach Phil Jackson, Kobe was a chosen one, special in many ways to many people. Our relationship as a coach player transcended the norm. He went beyond the veil. Michael Jordan said, I'm in shock over the tragic news of Kobe and Gianna's passing. Words can't describe the pain I'm feeling. I loved Kobe. He was like a little brother to me. Tom Brady saying, we already miss you, my brother. RIP. Shaq on Twitter said that there were no words to express the pain I'm going through with this tragedy and losing my niece, Gigi, and my brother, Kobe. I love you, and you will be missed. Pau Gasol Beyond devastated, my big brother, I can't. I just can't believe it. President Obama, talking about Kobe, was a legend on the court and just getting started in what would have been just as meaningful a second act. To lose Gianna is even more heartbreaking to us as parents. So that's from former President Obama. Uh, Damian Lillard actually chiming in before Sunday's win over the Indiana Pacers. Here's what Damian Lillard had to say on the loss of Kobe Bryant and finding out about it. Uh, it was tough. Um, I was going into church and, uh, you know, a friend of mine was going to the restrooms. I was waiting for him before we went and sat down, pulled my phone out, and it was a, the first thing that popped up on my phone. Also, Carmelo Anthony talking before the game about the loss of Kobe Bryant. This is just heartbreaking, fans. Probably the hardest game I ever had to play. Uh -oh. Just, um, I don't know. Whew. Well, it was tough. It was tough. Why did you play? Um, I think, <clears throat> honestly, knowing him, the way that I know him, he, he would have wanted me to play. 
this one really broke my heart. Uh, Doc Rivers, Clippers coach right now for the NBA. Here's what he had to say on the loss of Kobe Bryant. I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent. He's gone. And people are going to be shocked about this and hurting for a long time. Kobe Bryant gone at the age of 41. Dead in a helicopter crash along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Uh, my reaction is that of sadness and immediate reflection on the effect that Kobe had on my life. I never met him. I never got lucky enough to interview him or anything like that. Uh, just really loved watching him on the basketball court. Tried to emulate him when I was a kid. Tried my best to hit those fadeaway shots out in my driveway like him, as many other kids did as well. I mostly remember, though, how he and Shaq shredded the Blazers in the 2000 Western Conference Finals and every year after that. No one, not even Reuben Patterson, the self-proclaimed Kobe stopper, could shut him down. Kobe always eviscerated Reuben, and anyone else who tried their best on defense against Kobe Bryant, it just didn't work. And you can't talk about Kobe putting the dagger in the Blazers without talking about his team best 25-point performance in the famous collapse in Game 7 of the 2000 Western Conference Finals. Let's take you back. Bryant made two. Wallace missed two. Lakers by two. It's Kobe again. That just takes me right back to being a kid. Or... There was Game 3 in the Western Conference playoffs in the first round in 2002 when Kobe drove it inside and instead of using his shooting skills, used that basketball IQ, dumped it off to Robert Ory in the corner who knocked Portland out with a perfect three. Derek Anderson coming in a ball game. I'm going to get a, a guy that's very quick in the passing lane into the ball game. They've taken Sean Kemp out now on that timeout with the substitution by Maurice Cheek. Wallace playing sack. Fox to inbound. Kobe calls for it. He has it against Ruben Patterson, the Kobe stopper. Bryant ditching off. Corey for three. Yeah, there was no stopping Kobe or Robert Ory or the Lakers there. The Blazers going home at the end of the first round of the playoffs after a sweep by the Lakers 3 to nothing. And then, of course, a couple of years later in 2004, this was a regular season game, but I think a lot of Blazers fans remember this. Here's the call from Mike Barrett, and if you don't, well, sorry to bring up the bad memories, but he was just that good, Portland. Peyton. Bryant out top against Patterson. Kobe. Pretty normal for Kobe Bryant. Then after that game tying shot, the double overtime game winning shot. Payton to inbound. Bryant for three. Yeah, that silence by Mike Barrett and Steve Snapper Jones means that, yeah, Kobe hit that three. It was a ridiculous shot. Fade away at the end of double overtime. And that sent the Blazers home that night. Uh, sulking pretty badly. In fact, I think everybody in that building, other than the Lakers fans that you obviously hear screaming in the background at the Rose Garden that day, 
went home pretty upset. That was Kobe on a regular basis. And if you were a Portland Trailblazers fan, that is how you remember the greatness of Kobe Bryant. So what else can I say other than highlight his career accolades? Uh, He was drafted 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets in 1996. Uh, He was traded to the Lakers on draft day for Vladi Divots. And and it's not like the Hornets knew what they were missing out. (laughs) Got to tell this story. Bill Branch, the Hornets head scout at the time, said that they had agreed to trade their draft selection to the Lakers the day before the draft. And they actually didn't even know who the Lakers wanted them to pick until minutes before the 13th selection came on the clock. So the Lakers had keyed in on Kobe the entire time. The Hornets didn't really know what the Lakers were doing picking this kid out of high school, who obviously just went on to be one of the greatest of all time. He finished down his 20 years in the league uh, with a 60-point performance in 2016 in his final game. He scored 33,643 total points and averaged 25 a game over his career. Actually averaged uh, the most against any team. Anybody have a guess? Who who would you think that he would average the most against over his career? That would be the Portland Trailblazers. Just a Blazers killer Kobe Bryant was. All in all, Kobe tallied up five NBA championships, two gold medals in the Olympics, two finals MVP awards, was an 18-time All-Star as well. He won the MVP in 2008, was an 11-time All-NBA first team selection, and is the only player in NBA history with two different numbers retired by a team. Of course, that is his number eight and 24 for the Lakers. Speaking of which, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavs and star of Shark Tank, has announced that they will retire number 24 in his honor. I wouldn't be surprised if the entire league followed suit. It would be a fitting tribute for such an amazing basketball player taken off this earth too soon. Kobe Bryant was about being great. He made you hate him but couldn't help respect his talent if you were rooting against him. He was about overcoming obstacles and about being the first guy in the gym and the last guy out. He was about busting his ass during every single practice. Kobe influenced this generation of ballers the same way Michael Jordan influenced Kobe's. Once more, prayers out to his entire family also losing 13-year-old Gianna, and prayers up for the families of the seven other people that were on board that helicopter that crashed, including the entire Altabelli family, losing almost everybody. J.J. Altabelli and his sister and their mom, the only ones remaining. Answers will be sought, desperately wanted by myself included, but right now all we can do is mourn and remember, as hard as it is. Kobe Bryant, dead at the age of 41. Well, that's a wrap on episode four of Believe in Trailblazers. Uh, any burning questions about the team that you want answered or you think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn. Please give us a five-star rating. You'll really be helping us out, uh, getting that random algorithm to show this to as many new listeners as possible. If you like the show, please tell your fellow fans about the newest Blazers podcast on the block. Also, you can find us at Believe.com and Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'll simply close out the podcast with a quote from the late Kobe Bryant. Heroes come and go, but legends are forever. Thanks for listening, Trailblazers fans, and be sure to hug your loved ones. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. 
and rest in peace, Kobe. Have a good time. Enjoy life. It's um, life is too short to, to to get bogged down to be discouraged or. Um, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, smile, and just keep on rolling. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.